Welcome you to our service, especially those of you that are listening by the way of the internet. We do thank God for your presence and uh, thank you for tuning in and taking the time to listen to God's word. I trust it'll be a help to you and we're living in dark days and uh, Jesus is coming again. And that's the hope of every child of God. Jesus is coming again. And uh, but there is also a day of the Lord that's coming And for all those who refuse Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they're going to experience the day of the Lord. And uh, may the Lord help us to win people to the Lord. And may the Lord help us to win souls. The Bible says you're wise if you do that. And we do need wisdom and we need to be wise in these days. And Lord, help us. And, And I trust this message will help you. And if you'd like to find your place in Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5. And if you'd like to go back and listen to uh, the last four Wednesday nights, I think it is, and and uh, now including this Wednesday night, and if you'd like to go back and listen to the message out of Joel, the message out of Obadiah, the message uh, out of, uh, let's see, Zephaniah, and then now in Amos, and the day of the Lord is mentioned. And it's very important to understand there is consequences to sin. And I'm glad that Jesus, on the cross, took those consequences of sin. <laughs> Amen. He died. His life's blood was shed for the remission of sin. And uh, through His death, burial, and resurrection, we can have access to God. And uh, may we get the gospel message out. If you're in the Myrtle Beach area or plan to be in the Myrtle Beach area, I'd like to welcome you March the 4th on Saturday. That's this Saturday if you'd like to come and be part of our Wild Game Supper. We'd love to have you. And that'll start at 5 o'clock sharp. And Evangelist Tim Green's going to be speaking with us and speaking to us there. And then we're going to have a supper and, and uh, together and uh, just locally caught um Things there, and from 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 fish, shrimp, and deer, and all, all other kinds of meats, and alligator, and things like that. But we do welcome you if you'd like to come and be part of that service. And it is a service; it's a worship service. But we're also going to be fed spiritually and physically speaking. And and uh, by the grace of God, His help, if everything works well, we'll record that uh, audio only, but we will record the messages and uh, put those on the internet for those that would like to tune in. 
and uh, here evangelist Tim Green and he's a choice servant of the Lord and been preaching for over 52 years and, and we thank God that he, he, he was able to be with us and we look forward to what God's going to do. Please pray for us, pray with us for souls to be saved and uh, we sure do appreciate that. I trust you found your place now in Amos chapter 5 and uh, we'll start reading in verse 1. Hear ye this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen, she shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land, there is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave an hundred, and that which went forth by an hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live, lest ye break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood, and... Uh, Leave off righteousness in the earth. Seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name, that strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress." They hate him that rebuketh in the gate, and they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For as much therefore as your treading is upon the poor, and ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye have built houses of hewn stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor, in the gate from their right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Can I say we're living in evil times right here in our country? And I know many of you tune in from other countries, and please pray for us. Pray for the gospel to get spread across America and for people to be saved. We're living in evil times. And seek ye good and not evil that ye may live. So the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord saith thus, Wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas! And they shall call the husbandman to mourn, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing. And in all vineyards shall be wailing, uh, and underline these words, we'll get back to them here in just a few minutes, but underline these words in verse 17, For I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord, to what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, and went into the house, and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark, and no brightness in it? 
I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beast. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vows. But let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Chiun, your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Amos, this prophet, was a contemporary of Jonah. You know the prophet Jonah went to Nineveh to prophesy. He was a contemporary of Hosea. And, and these, these prophesied in the northern kingdom. Isaiah and Micah at the same time frame were preaching down in the southern kingdom in Judah. Amos was a straight shooter. He was a no-nonsense type of guy, and he just really just got right to the point in this message. And as you study out this book, God gave him a great outline. And he's going to deliver God's message word for word. And as he starts his message, he's going to start by calling out everybody else's sin. I mean, he's not going to go directly at Israel. And he's going to start naming the sins that are all around Israel and uh, in, in order to draw them in to set them up, if you would. You know, many preachers will get the amens and people will cheer for them to keep on preaching, preacher, and as long as he's talking about all the sins that are around. Not the sins within the congregation, but the sins outside the congregation. But once that preacher starts meddling... Well, once that preacher starts stirring the pot a little bit, uh, that's when that crowd that was cheering him on, either they're going to get silent or they're going to turn on him. Now, preacher, now you know we don't mind you talking about the crooked politicians and we don't mind you talking about the sodomites and the false religions and then the abortionists. And, but preacher, just don't be preaching where we're living. Don't, don't come fishing in our pond. Uh, matter of fact, if you would, give us a heads up, you know. Get, call ahead and let us know when you're going to come knocking on our door. Amos may have been a country farmer, but he didn't realize that he was not supposed to upset the apple cart. And if you're listening by way of the internet, that is an expression that we have here to upset the apple cart. You can look that up. You know, Amos never went to the school of prophets. He, he didn't have any proper training, if you would. Amos was just a, a country preacher, and he didn't really know about proper etiquette. That's why he was perfect for the job that God called him to. Look in, in, in Amos chapter 7. Amos chapter 7 and verse 14, he's going to tell uh, Amaziah there who he is and, and, and why he's there kind of, and then you know he's going to kind of give him his background. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, uh, Amos chapter 7 and verse 14, 
I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel." His only training, his only commissioning was that of the Lord God called him and he went and did what God called him to do. Amaziah had told Amos not to be preaching. He said, Amos, look, you can't be in Israel preaching that type of divisive message, you know, or else we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to kind of take you off of YouTube and we're going to have to take you off the social media things there. We're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to punish you there a little bit if you start talking about divisive things, especially if you bring up the truth. He told Amaziah there, he told Amos, he said, hey, look, uh, you, you can't be preaching like that at Bethel. You can't be preaching like that around here because it's the king's, it's the king's chapel. Basically, he was just saying, Amos, you're upsetting the apple cart. Amaziah and the rest of Israel, they were fine as long as Amos was preaching against everybody else's sin and not theirs. But how dare he mention Israel's sins and that the day of the Lord was coming and that they had better turn from their wicked ways and seek the Lord. How dare he? Say that. But Amos, and again, he's all he's doing, he didn't have no theological training. <laughs> he just brought God's word and God's message to the people. And he delivered it exactly the way God wanted it to be delivered. He set them up real good. He got everybody's attention by preaching against the cruelty of Syria. And how that judgment was going to come to Syria for their cruelty. Then he preached against the Philistines and how they had carried people away captive. And then he begins preaching against Tyre and how they had broke their treaty. And then Edom for their lack of mercy and their lack of pity. And then for Ammon for their violent crimes and and, and, and he, he, he was fine there. And then he even got a little closer to Israel and he started talking about the sins of Judah, which was apostasy and, and how they despised the law of God and how they had erred from the truth and from following after their own desires instead of the, the word of God. And up to this point, Israel was shouting the house down. Boy, I mean, it sounded like a camp meeting out there. And the A-bands were flying. And boy, they were agging old Amos on and say, Keep on preaching, preacher. Get them, preacher. But old Amos was about to start meddling a little bit. Look over in chapter 2. In verse 6. Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Israel and for four. That means... I got a three-point outline. Matter of fact, no, I got a four-point outline. I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes. They pan after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor and turn aside the way of the meek. And a man and his father will go in unto the same maid to profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by every altar, and they drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their little G-God. 
Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. Also I brought you up from the land of Egypt and led you forty years through the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up of your sons for prophets and of your young men for Nazarites. Is it not even thus, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord? But ye gave the Nazarites wine to drink and commanded the prophets, saying, Prophesy not. And before we go any further, America is guilty of every sin that Amos is preaching about uh, from all the other countries, from Israel and uh, from Judah. America is guilty. There's violence everywhere. There's drinking and drugging and immorality and polluting the word of God and apostasy is rampant across our land. There is a turning away from the word of God. All the sins that are mentioned against other countries in Judah and Israel, they're found in our country today. And God's given us the same message as He's given them the day of the Lord's coming. All this is going to come to an end one day. Judgment is coming. Therefore, repent or perish. The sin that we're seeing the most of, and even though violence is all over the TV, if you cut on the news, there's violence on every hand from in the home to outside the home and the classrooms. It's terrible. But the greatest sin that is being promoted and increasing in America is the sin of apostasy, despising the law of the Lord and turning from the truths of God's word and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. It's by the way of apostasy that the Antichrist, he's going to be able to win over multitudes and music is going to play a great role in that. I don't know if you've been looking on the news or if you've researched this or not or heard about the Abrahamic family house and how things are setting up for a one world. Let's just all come together and be one as one. A one world order, a one world religious movement. And it's over there in Abu Dhabi. The Abrahamic family house will be a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence, and peace among people of faith and goodwill. What a lie. (laughs) This can't happen, but that's what they're promoting. It will consist of a mosque, a church, and a synagogue, an educational center to be built on Sadiyat Island, the cultural art of Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Through its design, it captures the value shared between Judaism and Christianity and Islam and serves as a powerful platform for inspiring and nurturing understanding and acceptance between people of goodwill. The vision for the Abrahamic family house is originated after the signing of the document on human fraternity by Pope Francis and Grand Imam Ahmed Al-Taib in February of 2019. 
This landmark will be a place for learning, dialogue, and worship, open to all and a true reflection of the UAE's belief in tolerance and hospitality. Within each of the houses of worship, visitors will have the opportunity to learn about religious services, listen to Holy Scripture, and experience sacred rituals. A fourth space, not affiliated with any specific religion, will be an educational center where all people can come together as a single community devoted to mutual understanding and peace. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had no problem getting all people to bow down to his statue of gold. And what medium did he use to get everybody on their knees? When Daniel chapter 3 and verse 5 it says that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. It was a one world music that was acceptable to everyone and it led to a one world worship of the statue of gold. Now, the threat of the fiery furnace didn't hurt anything either. But thank the Lord for Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and those Azariah that didn't bow the knee to the music or the statue. During the great tribulation, there are going to be those who will not bow the knee. There are those who will believe in Jesus. But let me say this. If anyone who heard the gospel on this side of the rapture and rejected Christ, they will not be given another opportunity to be saved. And that's very important to understand that. If you would, keep your place here. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Amos is preaching repent or perish. John the Baptist came preaching, repent or perish. Jesus came preaching, repent or perish. Paul preached, repent or perish. Look at verse 12. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. If you don't believe the truth, then you will be damned, and but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now we're living in a day where that's what consumes the majority of people. Pleasure in unrighteousness. We're living in dark days. But the day of the Lord is going to be even darker. Go back to Amos. We have to reach our community in the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's commissioned the local church to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's our duty, it's our job, and even if people won't listen, we're still commissioned to go and tell. 
God told Ezekiel that, hey, I'm going to set you a watchman there and it's your job to warn the people for me. You know, nobody wants to be told they're wrong. Amaziah, that, that, that you know, religious, so-called religious person, Amaziah, told Amos, shh. You know, the hardest person to win to Christ will be an apostate. That's somebody who thinks that what they're doing in the name of the Lord is okay, but it's not according to the Scripture. Jesus was knocking on the door of that apostate church in Laodicea. He even sent them a letter, but they would not hear of it. In chapter 4 of Amos, he's going to remind Israel, you didn't escape God's punishment and God's judgment in the past for your sins. Here in chapter 5, he's warning them that they won't escape future punishment if they don't repent. The day of the Lord is coming and it's a dark day. He's saying, look, you need to repent or you're going to perish. In chapter 6, Amos is calling out their sin. They've lifted themselves up in pride. They, They have a false sense of security. They become comfortable in their sin and kind of sounds like the America of today. Look at Amos chapter 6 and verse 14. This is what God says to Israel. But behold, I will raise up against you a nation, O house of Israel, saith the Lord, the God of hosts, and they shall afflict you from the entering in of Hemoth unto the river of the wilderness. He said, judgment is coming. The Assyrians were being prepared to do God's bidding. Now look, it wouldn't come for quite some time, but it was coming. The sins of Israel had came up before a righteous and a holy God. Oh, but God in His mercy offered them a way to avoid that dreadful day. Amos in chapter 5 and verse 4 says, For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Repent, or else you're going to perish. Look down to verse 14. In Amos 5 it says, Seek good and not evil that ye may live, and so the Lord the God of hosts shall be with you as ye have spoken. The Lord so desired to be with them. But they would not heed the warning. For Israel, they would have to turn from their sins and turn to God in repentance and faith. And for every person alive today, God wants them to turn to Him in repentance and faith. He made every preparation and provision for everyone, for the whole world to be made acceptable unto Him. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent His service Amos to tell them, you need to repent or perish. If they did not repent... They were going to face a certain judgment for each person alive today. They too have a choice to make. You can die in your sins and face an eternal judgment in hell or you can turn to God in repentance and faith and be saved. The Lord wanted to be with Israel. 
But if Israel would not repent, then they left God no other choice. Look at verse 17 of chapter 5. And in all vineyards shall be wailing. I don't sound good right there. For I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Back in Exodus chapter 12, when God told them to apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lintel there and that wherever he saw the blood applied that he would pass over the Israelites. But he told them that I'm going to be passing through the land of Egypt and death was going to be coming with him. But he passed over the Israelites but he passed through the land of Egypt and the result was death. Here in verse 17, God's telling Israel that he will not be passing over them, but rather he would pass through them because they rejected the Lord. You want to know why America's in the mess it's in today? Apostasy has made it so easy for people to live in their sins. Just a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. God's not going to do anything bad. God's not going to do anything evil. You know those commercials at the Super Bowl, God gets us. No. No. God does not get our sin. But He knows we needed a Savior. And He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Apostasy has made it so easy for people to live in their sins without any concern that there's consequences for sin. Apostasy has affected our government. It's affected our courts. Apostasy equals no fear of God. The apostasy of Israel made it easy for Israel to live in sin. We've read it. Look at what they were doing. In chapter 7, Amaziah told Amos, he said, you need to get out of here with that message. Won't you take that message down to Judah? And don't you bring that back in Israel because we don't want to hear it. We sent out 2,021 gospel mailers today into our, one of our zip codes here in our town. and I wonder how many people are going to take the truth of God's Word and look at it briefly and say, that's not for me. Send that message somewhere else. Look over in Amos chapter 8 and verse 2. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And Amos replied there and he said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. And underline these words, because these are some of the saddest words in the Bible. There's a lot of sad words in the Bible. It says, I will not again pass by them anymore. There is an end. For the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Hebrews 9, 27, it says, And as is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. There is an end for America. 
God has given America so much gospel. God has given America so much light. What a sad verse. I will not again pass by them anymore. Their sins had become right before the Lord. Now the Lord is no longer going to pass over them or pass by them. He's going to pass through them. God says enough. Repent or perish. I believe America's sins have become right before the Lord. God has been long-suffering. He's been forbearing, but there is an end. Every time we go to the post office with all these gospel mailers, I wonder if for that home that's going to receive that gospel mailer, I wonder if the end has come for them. I just wonder... Every time we leave a door hanger on someone's door, I wonder if that home, their sin has become right before God. When we speak to someone and we're able to give them the gospel, I wonder for that person if that was the last time that God was going to pass by them. Look at verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a hearing the words of the Lord. Oh, the worst punishment on this side of eternity is when there'll be no more word from the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. The worst thing that can happen to someone on this side of eternity is if they turn their ears away from the Lord, from the truth, and then the Lord leave them to themselves. It's the worst thing that can happen. Amos' message was clear. Repent or perish. He laid out the consequences of sin, the punishment for sin, but he also gave them some hope. There's hope today. Look at Amos chapter 5 and verse 14. In verse 14, it says, Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. There is hope today for all those who will humble themselves and see themselves as sinners. There's hope today in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. And the day of the Lord is coming also. Let's reach the lost. Let's reach our families before it's eternally too late.